My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. Once again, I'm your host, Dallas Montague, and here in the studio today, we have another wonderful guest, Willie Mandra. Willie, how are you today? It's so great to have you. I'm doing very well. Um, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And you're calling today from Boston? That's correct. Correct. Cold, uh, cold, cold Boston. Man. Cold Boston. Well, I am actually calling you from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And if you don't know when America has their winter, we have our summer here. And I'm currently a missionary here. And so it is a hot day today, probably 90 degrees, and it's only 11 in the morning. So it is hot. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> Very jealous. <laughs> We don't have snow, so it's it's typically pretty warm. All right. And Willie, it's so great to have you here again. And you are a multimillionaire real estate investor and broker out of Boston. And your story, just a brief introduction for our listeners, you grew up poor but made some great investing and financial decisions that help you to create real wealth. And you recently released a book titled Secret Cash Flow Secrets, releasing on January 28th. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today as well. And if I believe your book's purpose is to show a true path to wealth and to help people discover a few lessons that were never taught in school, is that correct? It is. Um, yeah, I think the, the the bigger purpose for the book was just to show that anybody can do it. Um, this is mm-hmm. uh, real estate is a a wonderful thing in the in the sense that um, people make it more complex sometimes, especially nowadays, than it really needs to be, but. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot from my grandmother. My grandmother was a, uh, you know, a black woman moved up from uh, the South, uh, Georgia to to Boston area in 1950s, uh, and made a, a real, um, you know, living for herself through real estate. She kept everything really simple, income and expenses. Um, didn't, you know, run a bunch of return on investment and 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 uh, yeah, uh, and cap rates and you know and, and made things really uh, complex for herself. She kept things really simple and kind of passed that down to me. Um, and that's really what the book was all about. It's about taking the complexity out of um, finance, out of wealth building, out of real estate, uh, and just keeping things really simple and just bringing it back down to the basics. And this is definitely out of my realm. So I'm really inspired today. I'm encouraged and and I want to learn a lot because this is always something that's been in the back of my mind. Like, wow, I wonder what it would be like to to do real estate, to be an investor or to even have a property and rent it out to have that passive income. I think that's something a lot of Americans want is a passive income. We want to be involved with this, but we don't even know how and in the steps. And so I'm glad you're here today to share some of your secrets about real wealth. And before we ask about your story, you're saying real wealth. And what is real wealth? Is that just enough to get by? Is that enough to take care of your debt? Or is that to live financially free and buy the things you want and need? Like, what is your definition of real wealth? Yeah, so I think I think real wealth and financial freedom and the, the terms that we hear thrown around often have different meanings to different people. Um, some people want to do, you know, a ton of traveling and just kind of be free and not have to worry about 
you know, money that way. You know, I, you know, um, some people like me, I just wanted that uh, that American dream lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. you see it on the movies, the white picket fence, the house in the suburbs, your, your kids are, uh, you know, attending a nice school two you know, two decent cars and just, you know, the, the worry about money is uh, is minimal. Um, so I think it means different things to different people. I, I've never been in a uh, I've never had a desire to you know own my own plane or, you know, have a yacht or anything like that. That's mm-hmm. not financial freedom to me. It's just um, small things in life to me, small things in life shouldn't uh, be a concern. Right. It's, you know, where are you getting your next meal from and is there a roof over your head and how are you paying for heating and and electricity and, you know, Internet and phones and basics, you know, basis of life shouldn't be a uh, shouldn't be an issue. So. Um, once those things are taken care of, um, that's when I considered myself financially free. When everything else was covered, and I was wasn't worried about myself or my family and our well-being from day to day. So I think those things are going to mean something different to everybody, depending on your desires and where you want to be in life. But um, either, in, in any sense, I mean, it, it's the same same path uh, essentially. It's you know, it's being responsible with your money, learning the basics of leverage, learning how money. Uh, can compound on itself and make more money for you, uh, learning how to uh, make your money work hard for you. And that's why I love real estate, because your money is always uh, working for you. And I'll give you a, a kind of a, a quick you know, idea of what I mean by money working for you, because a lot of people don't understand that they work for their money, meaning they have mm-hmm. a nine to five job or a seven to three job. And when you don't go to work, you don't get paid, right? Money working for you is beautiful, because right now, as we're sitting here having this conversation, I have tenants that are renting for me in my units. And as this conversation goes on and as the day goes on, they owe me more, more and more money, right? Because that the week, the day goes by, the week goes by, the month goes by, and now rent is due again. I use that rental income to pay down the debt on the property, which increases my net worth. And, and, and meanwhile, all this is happening. Um, the property is also appreciating. It's going up in value. So there, you know, real estate's a beautiful thing in the sense that um, you can make money in three different ways. You're making money from the property appreciation, the, the increase in value. You're making money from the debt being paid down, which increases your net worth. And then if your the income, the rental income that comes in exceeds the uh, expenses from the from the from the property, you're also making money, putting more money in your pocket, i.e., cash flow. And that's what the real the book is all about. It's about those cash flow secrets. Wow. Excellent. I mean, we we're just getting started and I'm already learning stuff. So great again, Willie. Thank you. And if you can just tell a little bit more about your story. And I, I was reading recently your Business Insider article and it said in the title, From McDonald's Worker to Multimillionaire. And of course, if any anyone looks at that, they're like, wow, okay, what is going on here? What's this story? How can I get from a McDonald's worker or a you know, working in the back of a supermarket or pushing carts or something. How can I move forward, move past this and find financial freedom? How do I become a multimillionaire? You know, so yeah, just please share your story with us. Think back to your last doctor's visit. Was it rushed? Did your doctor pay attention? Could you remember the names, dose, and reason that you take your medications? Doctors are too busy. Medications are confusing and medical records do not communicate. This leaves you at risk. The Nomi ID is a wallet card and key fob that connects to your personal health record. Simply tap or scan your Nomi ID with a smartphone to instantly and safely access your health information anytime, anywhere, and in any situation. Get your very own Nomi ID today at thenomiid.com. 
A few years ago, a young reader sat down in a coffee shop and began, well, writing. R.R. Noel's poem took social media by storm. Using a typewriter, Noel writes a poem each day for her readers, supporters, and fellow writers. Since 2016, R.R. Noel's work has been featured in numerous publications, including the HuffPost, BuzzFeed, 5280 Magazine, and she's published in three full-length poetry collections. To order her newest addition to the collection, At War With Stars, a book through self-discovery and seeking unanswered questions, visit rrnoall.com. Sure, sure. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. So far, I mean, let's be honest, uh, you know, Business Insider and, you know, articles, um, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say it's clickbait, but they do uh, entice people to click. So the story is a lot Mm -hmm. more complex than just from McDonald's to, you know, (laughs) like just one day I woke up like, no, things are changed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm doing it different. You know, I. Exactly. I put some money into an E-Trade account and all of a sudden I was a millionaire. That's not that's mm-hmm. not exactly the way it works. I was there was about a 20 year uh, span uh, in between McDonald's and, be, you know, becoming a multi-millionaire and a lot of things that happened in between. But I did work at McDonald's in my in my younger days, um, learned a lot about business working at McDonald's. And one of the things I'm, I'm hopefully I don't gear too far off path, but one of the things that I learned that still sticks with me today is, you know, my, my time at McDonald's, I remember getting there, the, you know, the first couple of days and it didn't take very long for me, for them to train me. There was a manual, there were processes in place, there were systems in place. And, um, you know, there was an exact time, I think it's 25 seconds or something that the bird is supposed to be on one side and then you flip it over and it's another 25 seconds. When you drop the fries in the fryer later, it's exactly two minutes and 32 seconds or something like that before you pull them mm-hmm. up to get that golden crisp around them. So one of the things that still sticks with me today is, modeling my business and as my business grows putting processes and systems in place um when i do something really well and i have success with it i try to document that i try to put a system in place and now it allows me to use leverage it allows me to hand off that system to another virtual assistant to uh, somebody else in my office so i can continue to put myself in my highest and best use uh, if that makes sense so that's one of the things that yeah, i did absolutely. learn early on in my career from from mcdonald's um, but no, I mean, I, uh, you know, I graduated from high school, uh, graduated from college. I went to Northeastern University here in, uh, in Boston, um, started working in corporate finance for a little bit. Uh, 2006, uh, 2007, the stock market crashed. Um, I was in that securities industry, um, learned a lot about, you know, uh, when uh, the stock market crashed, it exposed a lot of Bernie Madoffs. And uh, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Bernie Madoff, uh, one of the biggest you know, Ponzi schemes in um, American history. Um, there were a lot of other Bernie Madoffs, uh, you know, there, um, you know, uh, around the country as well. And 2008, the housing market crashed um, in the United States, uh, right behind the stock market. And in 2009, 2010, I really started to take a step back and evaluate what I wanted to do with my life. And just really just said, do I really want to be in corporate America? Do I really, um, how do I achieve financial freedom? How do I go out and do these things? And I, you know, I, I look back and you know, my grandmother had always been pushing me to buy multifamily, buy this and buy that. And I really just wanted a condo. I wanted this simple, you know, doorman, pool, gym in the bottom of the building, uh, simple life. But she said, no, go buy something with multiple units. Um, and I'm glad I listened to her. Um, my first purchase, I bought a two family, not, not too far outside of Boston. Um, I believe that when I bought it, my mortgage was 2,500 bucks and I was getting roughly 17, $1,800 from the rental unit uh, below me. Um, and that's when a light bulb kind of went off. I, I, I saw that somebody was paying 65 to 70% of my mortgage. 
Um, my property was appreciating, the debt was being paid down, and I was like, wow, this is this is really powerful stuff. Um, and then from there, I just became obsessed. I read every book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, anything that Robert Kiyosaki wrote, uh, Retire Young, Retire Rich, um, and just kind of fell in love with the business and um, used the equity that I had from there to scale, to buy other properties, to pull cash out, um, to have home equity loans, to have home equity lines, um, my wife bought a, uh, another multifamily, um, and we just kind of continue to build this portfolio together. Um, and today we're, you know, we're sitting on roughly um, just under 50 units. Um, it'll probably be, you know, 100 units, you know, in the next couple of years, um, because that's just how this business works. And I think that's how money works as well. There's a, uh, I compare it, and I think in the book as well, you know, people think it's like climbing stairs, and it, it's not at all. Building wealth is almost like uh, flying an airplane. Um, it takes a lot of thrust and energy and power uh, to get off the runway. Um, but once you're able to hit 10,000 feet, you can go from 10,000 to 30,000 in without a, with a, within a blink of an eye, without even noticing it, without very with a very little power. So there's a lot of energy, a lot of thrust, a lot of time um, consuming, you know, consumed on that runway to get yourself off of, uh, you know, up in the air. Um, and then it just kind of skyrockets from there. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. That's a great analogy talking about the airplane. And so if I can ask what, what's a way that I can get started? Let's what's the startup cash amount or what's the, the type of property I need? What's, what would be your advice with that? How do I get started? Sure. Um, residential property is, uh, anything in the, uh, two to four unit space. Um, so, and again, I know you're in Brazil. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm, I, you know, when I, I, I reference this, I'm referencing the United States. But mm-hmm. here in the States, yeah. we um, there's an FHA loan, Federal Housing Administration. You can put 3.5% down on any property. So, you know, talking about $3,500 for every $100,000 you spend. I know price points are different throughout the country. I know Alabama is completely different than Texas, and Texas is completely different than Boston and, and, and San Francisco. But, I mean, you just basically take $100,000. Um, if it's $500,000, you multiply that times five and it's, uh, you know, that's your down payment. That's the easiest way for most people to get in. Uh, that's how I got in. That's how my wife got in. Um, and you can buy anything from a two to a three to a four family, uh, property. Um, once you get past four, it is com- considered commercial and that's uh, investment. Now you need 20% down, but the twos, the threes and the fours are great opportunities for somebody to break in. I always encourage people to go multifamily, even if you say, Hey, I haven't, I don't own a home yet, but, um, you know, I'm thinking about this landlord thing, but I really want to be in a single family. The beauty of, uh, of, of understanding the mortgage, um, business. And this is kind of one of the, you know, the secrets that are in the books uh, is in the book is, uh, that mortgage brokers and banks look at a single family lifestyle as the peak. Um, that's the pinnacle. That's where everyone's trying to get to. Um, they look at the two-family, three-family as a less desirable lifestyle. So you don't want to go to the top of the mountain first. You actually want to go and buy a two- or three-family first with a very low down payment, um, three and a half, three percent, you know, for some other programs. Get yourself in, and then you stay there for a little while. You stabilize the property, and then you can go back to the bank and now say, you know what, um, I want to trade up. I want to move up the uh, up the uh, the ladder. And I want to go buy now a single family home that I really wanted to begin with. And now you can actually do that with a very low down payment as well. Another three and a half or 5% down payment, depending on how, where you are in that, uh, in, in the country and where we are in, in certain uh, economic climates. 
But if, say, for instance, if you went the other way, you say, hey, I'm going to buy my single family. This is where I really want to live. And now you say, okay, a couple of years later, I want to start investing. Well, the bank is now going to say to you, well, you already have the ideal lifestyle. If you're going to go buy a multifamily now, that's an investment property for you. We want 20% down. So I always encourage people, hopefully that makes sense. I always encourage people, if you're thinking about investing and you don't own something yet, and you don't own that single family, go the other way. Go buy the multifamily first. You can then move out of the multifamily six months, a year later. Um, go buy your single family and now have an investment property that you've leveraged or you were able to buy with uh, wow. very little out of your own pocket. Wow. All right. You definitely sound like you know what you're talking uh, about. I, <laughs> it sounds I like it. I, I like the idea of renting out your own place in the beginning. Yeah, you know, and some people take it to the, you know, to the max as well. I mean, you think about it. If you're if you're a young guy, young girl, and you're you're thinking about getting into this business, you know, I think what we did, you know, we we bought our first uh, three families. Three families are really popular popular here in Boston. If you're in the Northeast, you know, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, a lot of triple deckers, what we call them, here in the Northeast. And you know, you would live, you would rent out two, live in the last one. Um, and then if you really want to take it to the next level, um, you know, and you don't have a, you know, a family uh, right now, you can rent out the other two rooms. I have friends of mine who would actually be making money, um, li essentially living free and making money as well, because they would rent out the other two units, which would cover most of their mortgage payment. And then they would have two college friends or uh, two roommates in, uh, you know, the other unit, they would rent out, you know, two of the bedrooms mm -hmm. within their apartment um, and actually be spitting off $700, $800, um, you know, a month. Um, putting in their pockets, um, you know, while and then, you know, they would eventually move out of that unit, rent the entire unit out, um, be making a couple thousand bucks. So there's a, there's a ton of ways you can do it. But the real secret is just buy multifamily because there's so much uh, opportunity there um, to to increase your net worth, to um, increase your cash flow and, uh, and, and give you one step uh, or get you one step closer towards financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And since you mentioned financial freedom again, what's the first thing you did with your family maybe once you received, once you achieved that financial freedom in your life, that goal of, you said, I don't want a jet, I don't want a yacht, but what did it mean to you when you find financial freedom? Uh, my wife and I are big foodies. Um, we probably eat out three to four times, you know, as much as a normal family. <laughs> That's kind of our... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's kind of our, 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 our thing. Everybody has their, their vice, right? Some people, you know, uh, you know, like to do different things and vacation and party and, and gamble. And our, our thing is food. We love, we love good, a good meal. Um, you know, we love to, to eat out. We love to order in. Um, we like a variety. We hate eating the same thing every, every, every night. So um, nothing crazy. I think we, we actually had this conversation, I think a couple of weeks ago and we're like, we just need to do something that's ridiculous, you know, just to, you know, just to say, you know, hey, you know, just to, just to pat ourselves on the back and say, you know, we've been saving, we've been conservative, you know, we put away 10 to 15 percent of our income every 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 year. We've made some smart investments. We've stayed consistent. You know, what do we what can we do now um, that we can just say, you know, this is for us. And over the years, just to keep ourselves sane, just from because it, it, it is difficult. Most people. Um, it is difficult to consistently put away, you know, much of your income to consistently decline the, the party invite to consistently um, say no to this, the extra vacation. Um, so, you know, what we did over the years is just kind of say, you know what, we're going to, if we're going to be in the house, we're going to, we're going to eat well, or if we're going to be in town, um, we're going to, uh, to make sure we're going out to dinner. So that's, uh, it's kind of cheesy for most people, but I think that that is our kind of our reward to ourselves for doing the things that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to go back to your book a little bit more. 
uh, the cash flow secrets, real estate investing and wealth management principles. And so what inspired you to take what's happening in your life and turn it into a book to help others? Um, I just think, again, it, I think it's the, um, the me going out. I'm, I'm also a licensed real estate agent. Um, I run an investment group. It's called Wealth Builder Nation. We're in about 10 different cities. And I just talk to a lot of people. And uh, the book is basically it's just to help, to help people simplify this process. I think it's, it's really cool. And um, we achieved it. We, you know, we, we kind of went out and, uh, and, and built something, um, uh, you know, something solid for ourselves. And I think most people overthink it. They think it's more complex than it is. And I think that's why I wanted to put this information out, just to simplify the process. Um, I wrote the book in the, in the sense that, you know, it's, uh, it's broken down into, um, you know, personal finance secrets. So you can, you know, first thing that you really want to do is I look at, I look at building wealth as like playing a game, you know, the game of Monopoly or the game of basketball or the game of football. And people always say to me or come up to me and say, well, what do I do next? Or what do I do now? And that is a very difficult question to answer. The first thing that you need to do is figure out where you are on the board, where you are in the game, what's on the scoreboard, right? So most people are not tracking their net worth. They don't really, they don't really understand what they, what they owe and what their, their income is and, you know, what their assets are. And once you start tracking your net worth, um, whether you be negative 100, 200,000 because you have a ton of school debt um, or you're, you know, you're at, you know, a couple of dollars right now. You have to understand first where you are in the game. I, you know, it's like basketball. I'm a big fan of basketball, but do I shoot? Do I pass? Do I dribble out the ball? Do I throw it in the air? I don't know the answer to that unless you tell me what the time is and what the score is on the scoreboard, right? I mean, if I'm down three, then I, need, I probably need to shoot the ball if, if the clock's running out. It's the same thing when you're building wealth and you're, and, and you're investing in real estate. You really need to track where you are and where you're trying to go. And once you have a good tracking system, I use a program called Quicken. Um, there's also Microsoft Money. Um, there's also Mint.com. But you really need to have some type of personal software um, that you can uh, you can um, you know get yourself into. And then from there, you can start seeing how decisions affect your net worth, how decisions affect your uh, your personal finances. You know, I, I the reason I was really hooked on real estate is because I saw that uh, it had the biggest effect or biggest change on my net worth. As that property appreciated, my net worth was going up. As that debt was being paid down, my net worth was going up. And as that cash flow came into my pocket, my net worth was going up. Um, and it was one of those things where I realized that um, I can work as many hours as I want. I was never going to be able to catch up to the, uh, the effects, the positive changes that real estate had on my, my net worth. So that's one of the things that I dive into in the book it's just kind of understanding where you are in the wealth building game. And if you do that, um, that's one of the first things that you need to do. And if you do that, you'll really understand um, everything else that comes thereafter. Yeah. And talking with that, and you said that you speak with a lot of people and you have this real estate nation thing. What do you think is the biggest mistake that people make when trying to save money or trying to get started in real estate and investing? they just overthink it. They just, you just have to do it, you know? I mean, and that's, it, it sounds, people look for like some type of, uh, you know, hidden gem or some type of real, you know, something that's to be uncovered. Stop overthinking. Mm -hmm. People make, uh, you know, they, they, there's, there's so many tools 
And this is the, the some of the I guess the problem that we have in the information age, right? I mean, the internet is such a powerful tool. You Google things and you get a billion results. And there's uh, you know a million podcasts out there, and there's a million YouTube videos, and there's a million uh, Instagram posts about and Facebook posts, and everybody's trying to give you financial advice. And I think for some people, they uh, there's just too much information coming at them at once, and for them, they get, you know, the, uh, you know, analysis paralysis, and they just don't mm -hmm. end up doing anything because they're still analyzing what is the best option. Um, you know, some people, it's, it's really, really simple. And that's why, you know, I, I talk a lot about my grandmother in the book is because, you know, she um, wasn't allowed to go to high school, didn't have a college education. She's a black woman moving up to Boston from the South. Um, sixth grade education um, is all, well, all that was required in, uh, in Georgia at the time. And that's what she did that, you know, she, she got that. And, you know, she bought one building um, and rolled over the cash from that building into the next and bought another one um, and, you know, did really well for herself. And I keep going back to her because, you know, she would always tell me uh, that, you know, if I was able to build what I'm able to build, you with a high school education, you with a college education should be able to build something mm -hmm. tremendous. So I take the, the knowledge that I was able to get in college and high school, but also try to at the same time take the complexity out of it and keep things simple. And that's, that's a really what I talk to, you know, talk to, speak to a lot about in the book is just keeping things really simple. Yeah. And going back to the book a little bit without giving too much away, your best piece of advice for that secret, that one secret that we can do, you've said so many things already, keep it simple, just get started. Would you say one more thing, just something that we need to, to hear today? Uh, learn what the banks, learn as much as you can about banking and finance. Uh, banking, finance, and economics. I know that's, that's a lot. I mean, I, that's, a, that's a lot. But I would read uh, what most people probably never do is most people don't pick up a book really after high school or if they went to college. They really kind of drop the textbook after college and they think, okay, I've, I got my degree now. I'm going into tech. I'm going into whatever it is. And they never kind of read anything again. Well, if you, the more you understand about the way money flows through the economy, so I'm going to go the economics route, the way, the more you understand about the Fed, the way the Fed works, the way interest rates affect you and your credit card payments and your mortgage, um, you know, your, your mortgage payments and everything else, you'll be able to see if you understand, you know, most people are reactionary, right? And by that, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this is if you, if you read about economics, you know that the economy works in cycles and most people don't get that they they just just don't they we have recessions every so often they come for different reasons mm -hmm. um we have uh you know peaks and valleys we have surges where the housing market and the stock market just shoot up and the more you understand about how economics works the better off you're going to be people like myself who kind of you know dive into these books after and i'm not talking about picking up like benjamin graham or anything that's i'm talking about the basics of i read this book it's just called money the you know the inner workings of money and i think it's it's almost like a picture book but it, it taught me a lot about um just how to react to the economy and i guess the perfect example i'll give you is when things are going really really well and the stock market is uh, surging and the housing market housing market is surging um, most people are going to go, hey, well, that's great. Let me go buy a home. Let me put some more money in. Thank the you for market. listening and supporting like another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy. Well, and you look at the last time we've had a recession, you would probably understand that there's probably something coming around the corner pretty soon. Okay, great, great. 
Hey, well, Willie, it's such a great thing to have you here today. What's a way that our listeners can find you? Your book is available on Amazon, correct? Cashflow Secrets, you can find that there. Willie Mandrill, what's another way that our listeners can get in contact with you? Um, you know, you can follow me for investment tips. I'm on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com backslash wmandrell. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at wjmandrell. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Connect with me there. I'm on all the, you know, the social platforms. Uh, and then my man, my uh, company website is uh, mandrellco, M-A-N-D-R-E-L-L-C-O.com. Uh, you can check on check on me out there as well. Uh, we have a ton of free resources, uh, personal finance, real estate, and everything else that we can offer the public. All right. Well, again, Willie, thank you for your time here today. I hope you guys were encouraged. I hope you learned something. If you have not yet subscribed to our podcast, I encourage you to do that. We have a lot of amazing podcasts coming soon. Willie, thank you so much. Bye-bye. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.